to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. You know, and, and so I had a he- actually had a headache, and I was in the sun, and I'm like, wow, I mean, if I keep in the sun, and my eyes, I got to get out of the sun. So I kind of walked away and just prayed. I left him with, you know, Pastor Chad, and then Shane went out there and ministered to him. And I'm just praying. I'm just like, Lord, you know, we want to help anyone that, that needs real help, but we don't, you know, this is your money, God, and we don't want to, you know, support someone that's doing things that are not of you. And so I'm just praying and praying. And then, so then as he was driving off, you can hear his brakes. <laughs> You know, they're, they're really bad, you know. So I thought, okay, I got it. I'll just, I know a, I know a mechanic. I'm just going to say, hey, you know what? Let me hook you up with the mechanic. Let's see what we can do. Find out how much it's going to be, and let's go from there, right? So he's driving away. So I jump in my car, and I'm trying to catch up with him, and I'm going up and trying to catch up with him. He's getting ready to pull out over here, and he's getting ready to pull out. I don't want to lose him, so I honk my horn. So when I honk my horn, he throws his hands up in the air. He goes, what? What do you want me to do? What do you want? He starts yelling and starts getting all violent like this. So I get out of the car. He says, hey, it's Pastor Joe. He goes, oh, no. He didn't know it was me. He just thought it was someone being in. And he just started crying. He said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I says, it's okay. God's just dealing with you. He says, I didn't know it was you, but I was, I didn't, I was like, you know, why are you honking at me? And I just, and it just, something about just broke him. And I says, well, come on back to the church. Let's see. Let's find out. We're, I've got a mechanic we can maybe hook you up with, and let's do that. And he was like, oh, thank you. And he says, please forgive me, and that was wrong. And I was like, hey, we all blow it sometimes. It's cool. It's all right. And I said, God's dealing with you, man. It's good. God loves you, man. Just was ministering to him. So we brought him to the mechanic, and the mechanic helped out. And just to let you know, if you're looking for an honest, good mechanic, Ed Schroeder, complete auto in, in Westminster, Ed Schroeder, write it down, I'm serious. They helped us tremendously because it's a church and this guy's homeless. He's homeless, by the way. And so they just, they worked with us. They even called up the parts place to help out because of the whole situation. And we made it happen and God did it. But my point is, God deals with truth. God exposed him. God, God was dealing with, he was, he was wanting his brakes fixed. God was wanting to fix his heart. But you got to deal in truth. We have to deal in truth. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, listen to this. Most of you know this part of it. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, this part here, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. We abide in God's word and and we'll know the truth. And what sets us free? The truth of God's word sets us free. But when we're we're sincere, when we admit our faults and when we agree with God and confession is agreeing with him and agreeing that, yes, Lord, your word says this. And Lord, I know that I, I need help in this area. Forgive me. I know that I'm this and that, and just being truthful because truth will set you free. Don't make excuses. The importance of truth. As we talk about this, we talk about truth, the truth of God's word. I've had a handful of people come to me, and there's, there's some in the sanctuary even now. They, before September 23rd, they came to me and says, Pastor, what do you think about September 23rd? What, what, do, you, what do you think biblically? 
You know, people are saying, prophets are saying it's, it's going to be the rapture, the end of the world. And this is way before September 23rd. I said, I don't believe it. And I want to tell you why I don't believe it. Be, because first off, no one knows the, the day and the hour of the rapture of the church. We don't know the day or the hour. So you can't set dates. So if someone's there as a church, we should know this. We, if someone's setting dates and says, oh, the rapture's going to come at this date. This, this moon is lining up with this planet and this planet's lining up with this and this is one's giving birth and all this stuff. Yeah, these things can happen. I'm not, you know, I don't want to say, yeah, Strange things can happen with the, the planets, but that is not a sign to, to, to make a date when the rapture of the church is going to happen. So I said it before September 23rd. I said, hey, I'll see you September 24th. <laughs> because we don't know the day or the hour. Does that may, mean that I don't think the rapture can happen at any time? No, I believe the rapture can happen at any time. But we can't set a date. We don't know the day or the hour. And the other thing I want to just to help to debunk what they were saying, they were using Revelation chapter 12 about there's a sign that appears in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And they were saying, well, this is, you know, these, the sun and the moon. They were giving these different planets and saying that they're lining up this way and they're lining up that way. Yeah, maybe they were lining up that way and this way. But Revelation chapter 12 speaks of the, the great tribulation period. It's not the rapture of the church. So they were taking a verse out of context to, to make up their whole theory of why it's going to be the end of the world. Well, no, you can't do that. I believe it. I believe things like that make the church look, we look terrible. And then they, the people are going to, you know, they're like, oh, here they go again. They're, they're going to say in the end of the world, the end of the world, the end of the world. Well, guess what? The rapture is going to happen. But it's so much better if we tell them the truth of the word and not make up all this garbage and us as believers not to believe in the garbage when it comes out. You know what I was telling people that were asking me that weren't believers? They were asking me about this. I said, no, it's not. Well, I'll see you September 24th. They're taking scriptures out of context and it's not right. Because I don't want to be categorized with those people that are false prophets. That's exactly what John was dealing with in this letter, that's why he keeps using the word truth, 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 truth. Because it's believed that false prophets were going around distorting the truth. And this lady, he's warning her because she's hosting different pastors that were traveling and they were coming in. He wants to make sure, make sure these guys are of the truth. I love this verse. goes great with this. Psalm 119.30. The psalmist writes, I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. Is that the case with us? Have we chosen? Have we chosen the way of truth? Are God's judgments always before us? I pray so. Look at the last verse, verse three. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, and truth and love. This is a greeting, a common greeting, grace and peace. Paul uses it a lot. Grace and peace, grace and peace. Just for a little side note, if, you, or if you're a note taker, do you know when uh, Paul the Apostle, in his letters, he would always write grace and peace, grace and peace. Do you know that the only time he added mercy, Paul the Apostle, was in the, the pastoral epistles, the pastoral epistles. When he was writing to the pastors, he added mercy. Why? I think we need extra mercy. I don't know, but that's, that could very well be. But it's more than a greeting. Did you notice that? It's more than a greeting because he's not saying, well, I wish that God would give you grace, mercy, and peace. No, it says grace, mercy, and peace will be with you. 
Do you know that as a believer? He's saying it with confidence, and I want to say it with confidence. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ here today, grace, mercy, and peace will be with you. God's grace will be with you. God's mercy will be with you. God's peace will be with us. We can count on it. We can bank on it. Why? Because that's what the word of God tells us. And he's saying it with all confidence. God's grace will be with you. God's mercy will be with you. Don't you love the word grace? I can hear a study on grace every day and never get sick of it. Because grace, most of you know this, the Greek word is charis, and grace means favor, unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. And that's what we have with God, undeserved favor. We don't deserve it. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. We're saved by it. We're saved by God's favor. You can even say we are his favorites. God loves us so much. We're his favorites. We, we have God's favor, and we're saved by it. You know this verse, but I want to put it up here as a reminder. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not of yourself. Why? Because it's a gift of God. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we're saved by this amazing grace of God. Don't you love that song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me? I once was lost, but now I'm was blind, but now I see. Amazing, amazing, amazing grace. I pray we walk away from this study today and realize we have a gracious, gracious God, and we're his favorite. And we're saved by his grace. Not of works, nothing you can do, because if we, we know this, right? If it's something that we did, we could go around and boast of it, right? And say, well, I did this, and that's why I'm saved. I went to Rome. I got on my knees. I went up those stairs. I've got scars on my knees to prove it. I climbed up those stairs, and I've got marks on my back. I even flogged myself the whole way up. (laughs) Now I'm saved. My back's not feeling too good, but I'm saved. It's what I did. No. You see, we can boast in the cross. We can boast in what Jesus did. But no, nobody here can boast in what we have done. We are saved by grace. So the grace of God be with us all. So it's not just a saving grace. It's a continual grace. We have continual favor with God. How do I know that? Because it says, come therefore, come therefore boldly before the throne of grace, that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's a continual grace. We go before his throne. It's not a throne of law, a throne of judgment. We go before his throne. It's like, you know, have you ever messed up real bad and you're like, oh man, I feel so terrible. What did I do? That was so dumb. And all. I can't even look at God. I can't even, you know, I might as well just forget this Christian stuff. I mean, it can get bad sometimes. And might I suggest, no, turn around, go to the throne because it's a throne of grace. So you go to him with your problems. You repent of your sin and you go before the throne. And on the throne, if there's a word on the throne, it's going to say grace. And then you confess it and say, God, I I messed up. I I turned from my sin. Please forgive me. I, I, I messed up again. I did the same thing. Please forgive me. And he says, well, here, not only do you get grace, but uh, I'm going to have mercy. Here's, here's mercy. I'm going to give you mercy on top of it that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mercy, if you're a note taker, 
The word mercy is God's compassion, his kindness, readiness to help those that are in trouble. That's our God, not giving us what we deserve. Did you know that God's mercies are new every morning? We know this. Lamentations 3.22. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassion, can we say that together? Can you read it? Fails not. They are new every morning. Great is Is that our faithfulness? It's his faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. His compassion fails not. That tells us that every day we can come before his throne of grace and mercy and his compassion fails not. And his mercy is always there for us. His kindness. How about peace? The Hebrew word, obviously, shalom, but this is in the Greek, but it means quietness and rest. I like this definition, without stress. Did you know that 79 to 90% of all visits to the primary care physician are stress-related? 79 to 90% of visits to the primary care physician are stress-related. That's huge. That shouldn't be for us as believers. Why? Because he gives us peace. It's funny, my brother-in-law, he was here from, from the UK. We picked him up from the airport. Martin, please keep praying for Martin. He needs Jesus. We picked him up from the airport. It's so funny. We're, we're making our way. We parked, you know, quite a ways away from the airport. And so we finally make it to our parked car and we're going up the stairs. We're getting ready to carry the luggage up the stairs. And we go to pick up his luggage and he goes, blankety, 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 blank. We're like, what? He goes, that's not my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, it's okay, it's blankety blank. And it's like, oh, we just, we're not here more than 30 minutes and F-bombs are going all over the place. And you're like, oh man, Martin. <laughs> and I understood he was frustrated. You know, he's, he's got the wrong luggage. So we go back and it was so awesome though because we're walking, you know, and it took a while to get to the airport. We wait in there all this time. And, but God's peace that surpasses all understanding just guarded my heart, guarded my mind. And I realized, when, seriously, when this was happening, I said, God, you must have a divine appointment waiting for us in the airport. I mean, stuff is going to happen, you know. So we're going back and he's like, blank, you know. <laughs> I like, it's okay, it's going to be all right. It's fine, it's okay. So we get back in there, and they're waiting for her. They know that, you know, he's got the wrong luggage. They're waiting. The guy's standing there. This guy was, that was assigned to us, he was, he was sent there to just stand out there and wait for us and then stay there until they get the whole thing situated. So I'm like, this is perfect. I've got, you know, this audience here. He can't go anywhere. But he's a sweet kid, probably in his early 20s, and I just started sharing with him a little bit and talked to him about church. He doesn't go to church. And I shared with him about the Lord, and he's never heard anything about that. And, and then I said about, you know, being born again and... And, he, and I said, have you ever heard about, you know, to be born again? He goes, I've never heard that term in my whole life. And I go, are you serious? And so I got up my pulpit and I was just preaching. You know, no, I didn't need the pulpit. But it was just so great. He works so much and goes to school so much. He has no time for church and no time. And so I was just encouraging him. You need to get into church. You know, you need to be, you know, you need a relationship with God through Jesus. And it was just a beautiful thing. He was open. He was, you know, God was preparing his heart. But I realized the point I'm getting is, you know, God gives us such peace. We can have a terrible situation that, 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 that could bring stress or we can just stop and say, oh, God, you're changing this around. There's a reason for this. Lord, help me just to have your peace and to walk with the fullness of your spirit and not get stressed out. 79 to 90%, that's a huge number. We don't have to stress. We don't have to be worried. I know you know these verses, but I love 
repeating them. Very popular verse. Hopefully everybody in this place knows this, has memorized this. But if not, I would say if you deal with stress or worry even a little bit, these two verses are for you. Memorize them. If you can't memorize them, put them on a, a card and just keep them with you if you deal with stress. Be anxious for? Nothing. Nothing. You know what that Greek word means? Nothing. Nothing. Put in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. What are we supposed to do? Let your requests be made known to God. Tell God your problems. Bring it to prayer. And when you bring it to prayer and you seek the Lord and you thank him in the midst of your situation, what happens? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. If that's you today, I just want to encourage you. Be anxious for nothing. Pray about it. Bring it to the Lord with supplication. Petition him. Go before him with your problems and thank him for what he's going to do. I literally, I take this literally. When I have a problem, I give it to the Lord. I tell him what the problem is and I go, thank you, Lord. However you're going to do this, I'm not sure how you're going to do it, but thank you, you're going to fix this problem. Thank you, you're going to take care of this. I thank you, Lord. And then I have peace. That doesn't, listen to this. God will give me peace. It doesn't mean he's changing the circumstance right away. Are you with me? Because he gives us a peace that goes beyond our circumstances. It goes beyond our understanding. And so often he'll do that. Why? Because it's an act of faith. Because now you have peace. He gives you your peace. And now you look at the situation and it's in, in your flesh and your mind is saying, it needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed. You better go fix it. But then when you just go to the Lord and the Lord says, that's okay, I'll fix it. I'll show you the next step. It's so much better. You know that happened with this whole building situation. We've talked about it before. It lasted how long? A year and a year and seven months. They were trying to buy this place. I told you the story. They're going to build, you know, condos and do all this crazy stuff. And, you know, the, the, the people that bought it, they were just like, I mean, they even put it on, I think I might have mentioned this, they put it on Yelp that the new place, one of their new restaurants were coming right here where the old Red Onion nightclub was. They put it on Yelp. They were saying, we're moving here, this building right here. But we brought it to the Lord. We gave, gave him thanks. We're like, thank you, Lord. I don't know how you're going to do it. This guy's a millionaire. He's put all kinds of money in the place. But God, you're going to work it out. Thank you. And he kept giving us peace. And I'd wake up sometimes in the middle of the night. It's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I was like, okay, all things by prayer, supplication. Thank you, Lord. Good night. Why? Because it's his problem. If this was our church, my church, we would all be in trouble right now. But it's not my church. This is God's church. And you know the story. I'll just repeat it in case you didn't hear this one already. So we prayed and prayed. We said, Lord, remove this guy because they've got, you know, all these things and, and they're, they're trying to do this, trying to do that. So a born-again believer bought the whole center. And then he's just a blessing and we're working with him. So to God be the glory. But for a year and seven months, we didn't know that. We had to trust him. And he gave us peace that went beyond our circumstances. And he has that peace for you today. You don't have to always figure it out but you can trust it in the hands of the one that has tomorrow already figured out. Put it in his hands and let him give you his peace. Amen? So we don't have to stress as believers. We just need to trust the Lord as we close. Truth and love. One thing we face as believers is we have to deal with things. And I just want to suggest when you deal with things, always deal in truth and always deal in love. I used to be the king of procrastination. 
I didn't like dealing with things. I didn't like dealing with problems. And I would sweep it under the rug and I would just like, oh, another one. But as you know, when you sweep it under the rug, you're going to just fall on your face because you have to deal with it. And if I can encourage you with anything here this morning, I just want to encourage you when dealing with other people, when dealing with other Christians, with dealing with different personalities. We, we can't just sweep it under the rug. We can't pretend that it never happened. We, can't, you know, we need to always deal and have good communication. It's so important. But when you deal with situations, can I encourage you today as our message today, truth and love, truth and love. Deal with it in truth, not manipulating, not being deceptive. Deal with it in truth and with the truth of the word of God, but always deal with it in love. You can be right, but you can be dead right. You could be it just so, you know, harsh, and you, you, you have to have love mixed with that truth. Constantly as a pastor, I see it in all the different churches. I know most of the, the, the pastors that are in this area. You know, we meet together, we pray together, we know, and we just see people just, oh, we left this church to go to this church. We left this church to go to this church. We left this church. We're just seeing them bouncing around. But why? Because their problem's going with them. They're not dealing with their problem. They're, instead, they're just, you know, having problems everywhere they go until they finally get, you know, they deal with it in truth. Like, oh, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I can't deal with this. And they leave. And then they go to another church, and I've had pastors call me up. Oh, so-and-so, oh, you, you know, do you know so-and-so? Oh, yeah, oh, well, they're here at my church. They say, well, keep them. <laughs> they're like, we can't keep them. They're going, they're going to be gone probably in the next few days because they're causing all kinds of problems here. It's like, well, because they don't want to deal with truth. But you deal with it in love, and you deal with it in truth. But see, we all have to face ourselves and the best way to bring resolution, the best way to bring union or unity of the Holy Spirit is first starting with you and say, Lord, you know, if there's something with me, forgive me, God, and please forgive me. And to, to, to deal with that truth, but deal with your heart. The same goes in family. The same goes with marriage and ministry. It's all, you know, deal with it in truth, but also deal with it in love. Amen? And with that, let me leave you with this. We all know it very well. Let's, let's say it together. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have lasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through, through him might be saved. Amen. That's truth, and that's love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whosoever would just believe in him, they shall not perish, but they'll have everlasting life. God didn't send his son to condemn you. On the contrary, God sent his son that you might be saved. God wants to save you. God wants to help you. And I know this has to deal with this, excuse me, this is dealing with salvation primarily. This also can be dealing with things in our lives that we need to Go before the cross and be truthful about it and say, Lord, I have this problem. Lord, forgive me for this sin. Lord, I need a change. Forgive me. You see, God's not condemning you with that thing that you're dealing with. But God wants to save you. God wants to deliver you. God wants to set you free. But you need to deal with it in truth. Don't make excuses. Don't say, well, it's that person's fault. It's because of this person. It's because of that person. 
No, start with you. Start with yourself and say, Lord, forgive me. Deliver me. Save me, God. That I be able to walk in truth. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.